It's okay. Let's open our Bibles to uh, Mark 10. We've got a bit of time to look at it. Sounds like a good card, doesn't it? I've got a Mark 10. I want to share just uh, quickly with a few thoughts in it. Uh, the title of the message today is Once I Was Blind. What's the rest? Once I was blind, but now I can see. I want to talk today about something that I really believe God's put on my heart is how to stay motivated all the time. How to stay be a person who's motivated all the time, especially in this hour when people are losing their confidence about things and challenged about it. It's good to be motivated, isn't it, as a person? And I believe God's got some real keys for us in how to do that. And we want to talk about and understand and see the power of God being manifest. So uh, how many people know the Bible is a fantastic book? Written outside of our time, for our time, Matthew, sorry, we're going to Mark 10, 46. In the Bible, there's lots of truths that cause us to understand from history how to live today. And they came to Jericho, in verse 46, chapter 10 of Mark. They came to Jericho, they came to Jericho, and as he went out of Jericho with his disciples, this is Jesus, a great multitude, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timotheus, sat by the road begging. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy upon me. Isn't that wonderful? Number one, his sickness drew him to Jesus. Is your sickness drawing you to Jesus? It's a great thought. And here Jesus is essentially around the time of the cross, so he's got a lot of things to do. How many people know that even in a busy time, Jesus has still got time for you? And here, this, uh, he sat here, he says, uh, the son of Timotheus. Timotheus, as far as I could find, his father was a man who's highly prized in the city. So here's a man who's very respected in the city, very honoured in the city, very recognised in the city, but his son is a beggar on the side of the road of life. You go on and it talks about this mentality. Then many warned him to be quiet and they cried out, and he cried out even more. Son of David, have mercy upon me. Isn't that a wonderful? Isn't it good when, you know, like maybe uh, me this morning goes, come on, let's shout to God. Maybe there's a voice in your head that says, oh, I'm not doing that. It says here that this guy didn't listen to that. He went, I'm going to shout out even louder. Come on, how many times could you have missed something in God because you didn't shout out loud enough? Say, God, I'm desperate. I need a miracle into my body. I need you, God, to move in my mouth. Many people are still thinking about their faith and not confessing their faith. Uh-huh. Sometimes thinking about things that's proven here doesn't move God's hand. Doesn't move God's heart. It's got to drop down to the little fella under your nose. Notice that one in here? Little tongue. You've got to get him moving and get him going. And it says here, they warned him to be quiet. Uh-huh. And so Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. Then they called the blind man saying to him, be of good cheer, rise, he is calling you. These are the same people that said two seconds ago, shut up. Are you with me? See the flip? Don't go with the crowd. You've got to watch the crowd. They're oftentimes wrong. Come on, you've got to go with God. Don't go with the crowd. Don't be led by your feelings. And be a good cheer. Rise is calling you. And throwing aside his garment, he rose and he came to Jesus. And Jesus answered and said to him, what do you want me to do for you? That's a good question, isn't it? Here's a 101 coaching question. Jesus goes, okay, what do you want me to do for you? Jesus, being with the understanding of who God is, already knows what's in the man's heart, but he wants to hear from the man's heart. What do you really want? 
What do you really, well, I'd like my rego paid and I'd like, you know, to get out of debt. What do you want me to do for you? The blind man said to him, Rabboni, which is a bit higher than rabbi, it's a very honoured term, that I may receive my sight. Wow. You know, sometimes I think only a blind man could appreciate what it's like to receive their sight. We sit here and go with, you know, maybe good vision and stuff like that. Well, that's cool. That's good on you, Jesus. But if you've ever been blind, I think you'd probably go, wow. Once I was blind, now I can see. I think this story stands out a lot because he's talking here about a natural blindness. But I think a lot of Aussies are blind too. They're spiritually blinded. They can't actually see. And then Jesus turns. Imagine Jesus turning up at the end of your bed tonight, Shane. Turns up at the end of bed and says, what do you want me to do? Well, I don't know. I better read my Bible. I better get my goals book out. I better, I better, uh, I don't know, get some Cocoa Pops or something. I have a cup of, I don't know what I'm going to do. What's the answer? <laughs> Every people want to give God the right answer. <laughs> Whatever you think the answer is, I'll just say that and it'll be right. <laughs> but he's saying, what do you want me to do? And he said, I want to see. I want to see. I love this story, don't you? I think sometimes that it may be the story, and I've embellished it before, but maybe it's a story that maybe these guys are part of the, a group, maybe part of a beggar's union, perhaps, you know. Maybe they're down at the beggar's union club and ha- having a few uh, drinks or something like that, and they're talking, and someone says, yeah, you know, the, oh, was this lady standing, you know, she's at the end of the, the bar, so to speak, uh, you know, and she's saying, uh, oh, something strange happened to me today. And they go, I can see what happened to you. <laughs> What happened to you? She said, I was standing on the road and all of a sudden I met a man named Jesus. And I was hunched over. I couldn't walk properly. I was hunched over. And, and all of a sudden Jesus comes and lays hand. All of a sudden, snap, 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 snap. My back came up and I'm whole. I'm, I'm walking strong. And I go, whoa. And by and by I could have gone, whoa, there's some, you know, women and religion, you know, they're over there, you know. All of a sudden he meets a bloke, you know, that maybe is sitting around a pool or something like that. And this and that. There's different stories that you could think that blind, other blind people and things like that, that Jesus healed. The Bible says that not, uh, the Bible, there's, there's no books able to, contain everything that he did and you sort of think here's these people talking I can imagine blind Bart's gone from who's this Jesus to like everyone's talking about Jesus today and all of a sudden he's sitting on the side of the road the Bible says there he's sitting on the side of the road with his beggar's tin giving a little bit of a rattle giving a little bit of a shake and all of a sudden he could hear a crowd coming down the road I could he could smell the dust What's happening? What's, what's going on? Because I can imagine his, his senses have gone to his ears perhaps and he can hear clearer than he can actually see. And he can hear this sound starting to come and he's thinking, whoa, I'm going to get rid of my little small beggar's tin. I'm going to find the big one. I'm going to get the 44-gallon drum out. You know, like chicken tonight. It's going to be exciting. You know, here it is. Because a crowd means money. He's all excited here and he's starting to shake his tin, you know, like louder than ever. And in amongst the shaking, in amongst the dust, in amongst the noise, he hears the voice of, it's Jesus coming down the road. And all of a sudden he's, got a, he's sitting there going, what am I going to do? Do I need money or do I need Jesus? Which one am I going to take? Which one am I going to take in my personal life? Is it flesh or spirit? Which one am I going to take? Because the chances are, if I don't, if Jesus doesn't do a miracle, I've missed the crowd and I've missed the food and I've missed helping my family. You've got to be a beggar to think like this, don't you? 
You've got to be a blind man to think there's nothing outside of this. There's no personal carers. There's no NDI seam. There's nothing like that. If you don't, if you don't get looked after by your own family, you, you don't get looked after. And all of a sudden, the Bible says that he's, he's probably getting, he's ready with his big tin. And all of a sudden, he goes, no, I hear the name of Jesus. It's, it's Jesus coming down the road. What am I going to do? What and he says, it threw aside his beggar's garment. A beggar's garment was, uh, in some translations, it says it was like a beggar's permit. It was the, the right to beg. And once you lost your beggar's permit, which was very valuable, other people would grab it straight off you. So as soon as you let it go, it was gone forever. This was an amazing step of faith this man was about to take. All based upon hearing, perhaps at the beggar's union or whatever it might have be, that name of Jesus. And he cries out and he goes, oh, I've got nothing to lose here. <laughs> Shut up. He's going to cry out even louder. <laughs> what are you going to do? What are you going to do in that situation? Hey, because all, we all can be spiritually blind in some way, shape or form. God, what's in front of me? Where am I going? What about my finances? What about tomorrow? What about my future? What about my business? And blind Bart's crying out, he's going, I'm getting rid of my beggar's permit, I'm getting rid of everything, I'm going for Jesus. <laughs> uh-huh. Come on, I'm going for Jesus, that's all I need. If I have hold of him, I've got hold of everything I need for my future. And he grabs hold of Jesus and, and says here, and Jesus said to him, what do you want me to do? He said, I want to receive my son. Jesus said, go your way, your faith has healed you. Your faith has healed you. The decisions that you've made in the last 30 seconds have healed you. Are you with me? But how many people know it wasn't just there that he developed his faith. He's developed his faith somewhere else. Come on, we're developing our faith today. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. The reality is a testimony. The translation of the word testimony means if God can do it once, He can do it again. That's what a testimony means. If God can do it once, He can do it again. And I love that sort of stuff, don't you? Yeah, come on. This is how we raise our children. Come on, we don't raise our children by just letting them evolve and free range. You know, Josh and, and Taylor didn't get there because they just free range. There's disciplines about their life. There's things they built on. The Bible says we're built line upon line and precept upon precept. Today's another line, if you want it to be, built in your life to say, come on, Jesus is all I ever need. And I might have some challenges and some temptations in the future that I'm going to have to let go. And other people will pick it up. Other people will grab it. Other people will do all sorts of things with it. But it's not what I need anymore for where I'm going and what I want. And it says, your faith has made, it says in one case, it says, your faith has saved you. Your faith has rescued you. Come on, sometimes we've got to, under, not sometimes, we've always got to understand what faith is. It's calling those things which are not as though they were. It's faith talk. It's God's language faith. He gets it. He wants us to talk it anyway. Uh-huh. And immediately, <laughs> immediately received. You've got to watch God. He's very fast. He's not slow and sloppy. He's fast. Immediately, immediately he received his sight. Oh, I love that, don't you? Received his sight and followed Jesus on the road. Oh, I think that's that's. Don't you love that? You know, in 46, verse 46, it says, he sat by the road. What's on the side of the road? Rubbish. What's rubbish? All the stuff that people don't want. He's rubbish. He's on the side of the road with everything else that everyone doesn't want. So when Jesus heals him, where is he? He's on the road. He's only moved half a meter 
But he's moved a long way. He's moved a long way. Hey, he's moved a long way. In his heart, he's gone from being totally blind. And it says here, he followed Jesus on the road. I don't know about you, but if I was, I don't know, if, you, if I was a blind man, just using a bit of preacher's license, if I was a blind man, you know, like, I don't know about you, but I want to, I want to run home and see my family. I want to see my wife for the first time. Imagine running onto the porch and stuff like that of your house and running in, banging on the front door and running through the house and stuff. Jane, where are you? Jane, where are you? You know, kids, where are you? It's me, you know, like this, running through the house. Jane, where are you? You know, you'd run out into the backyard, Jane, yelling out, and you'd see, you know, someone hanging out the washing, and you'd see two little legs underneath the sheets, you know, hanging out the washing, wouldn't you? And you think, wow, this is exciting. I'm going to run over, I'm going to pull back the sheet and see my wife for the first time. Oh, she's beautiful. Look at her. She's amazing. She's so much more beautiful than my imagination ever imagined. Oh, look at her. She's fantastic. I give her a big hug and she goes, what happened to you today? Oh, you wouldn't believe what happened. I met a man. His name was Jesus. I don't have to beg anymore. I can get a job. I can work. I can serve God. I can do a whole bunch of things. I can imagine these little kids running up for the first time and he's seen. He's you're so beautiful. Imagine you'd be falling to the ground, wouldn't you? Hugging your kids and giving them a kiss and a cuddle for the first time. First time you've ever saw them. But it didn't happen. He said he followed Jesus. He didn't, he set his mind like a flint. He followed Jesus on the road. He was there standing at the foot of the cross when they crucified Jesus and saying, why are you killing the only man that's ever helped me? He he wasn't wearing glasses. He had 20-20 vision. God gives you a miracle. He doesn't mess around. Uh Uh-huh. And here's this man, I could imagine kneeling at the cross with a question mark over his head going, why? Why are you killing this guy? Why Why are you doing this? He followed Jesus on the road. Then it just goes on and says, and now when they came to Jerusalem, to Bethany, and Bethany, Mount of Olives, sent two of his disciples and go to the village and so on. This is everyday life for Jesus. We shouldn't be shocked when these great things happen of God. It's just very normal in that particular way. But I love this this mentality because this guy was, was motivated. You with me? He's motivated. And how do we stay motivated all the time? Yeah, one of the things we've got to do to stay motivated is have long-term and short-term goals. That's one way of staying motivated, isn't it? But the main way, I love that what Peter Daniels talked about in his book, how to stay motivated all the time. You stay motivated all the time, Peter Daniels talks about, because you have deep personal integrity. You have deep personal integrity. Because you're not clouded with guilt and shame and stupidity and hate and unforgiveness and all of those sort of things. You have deep personal integrity. You keep your accounts short. Uh Uh-huh. Why? Because when you do that, you're someone who at least you can admire. can appreciate yourself. And in your struggling to stay motivated all the time, we need to check our personal integrity. Highly motivated people are those who keep commitments to others enter themselves that's why they sound so confident to motivate others you must have the integrity to de- you must have the integrity to demonstrate it to others that's important isn't it 
You wouldn't think that integrity would keep you motivated all the time, but they reckon it's one of the key factors in you staying motivated like that. Bart's sickness drove him to Jesus. We talked about is yours. He was a person who knew what he wanted, not what he didn't want. Most people know what they don't want. He knew what he wanted. And that was the faith conversation. You know, most people, as I said the other Sunday, most people are trying to attach their hope to many things they hope don't happen. You've got to attach your faith to things that you confidently know God wants to happen. Uh Uh-huh. God wants his church blessed. God wants his people blessed. God wants to be, they're the things we can attach our hope to. Not a hope this doesn't happen. I hope that doesn't happen. I hope the government don't do this and stuff like that. And I love it how he says, your faith has made your well. And what it means is this, your circumstances, you didn't let them affect the word of God for your life. You didn't let the circumstances affect the word of God for your life. Uh huh. And we understand the Bible talks about every word of God that's in this Bible is God breathed, God allowed, and more so God is committed to performing it. Now you love that part? Uh huh. Especially those people who are in covenant relationship with God. That's us, isn't it? That's the people of God. He's in this covenant relationship. We're in a covenant relationship with God. Not just a relationship with God. We're in a covenant relationship. And I love this where it says, and we're going to wrap it up around this, your faith has saved you. Your faith has saved you. And I know Sam and I were talking about it in the early service, but I was doing a study on it the other day, that most of the point in times in history when Jesus was about to do things and things were about to happen, where did Jesus find the disciples? What were they doing? They're asleep. You read through scriptures a whole bunch of times when Jesus was about to do amazing things, the disciples were asleep. Come on, church, it's time to wake up. Come on, it's time to let our faith start to rise. It's start to be who God's called us to be. And our, how to stay motivated all the time? Make sure our personal integrity is strong. Make sure we've set goals that God can put hope and faith in our heart about. And make sure that we can understand that once I was blind, but now I can see. Is that right? Is that our testimony? Is that our heart? So today we've talked about being motivated. We've talked about the power of God being manifest in our life. And I believe if we would again, again, lift our confession to the faithful things that God's got in mind for us, we'd be people as a church, as a people, as a community, as a congregation. Not a crowd, a congregation. Uh huh. That's a place of order. That's a place of spiritual rightness. Then we can be all God's called us to be and be able to endure through the tough times and the good times. Is that right? And come out the other side being motivated all the time, excited all the time for the things of God. Personal integrity is important. Is that right? Father, we thank you this morning for your word. Your word is yes and amen to us. We thank you for your simplicity. We thank you for your purity. We thank you for your holiness. We thank you for your kindness and your goodness. We thank you for that, Lord. In every way, shape, or form, that we would see there's a line we cross where we step over and we're on your side. We're on the winning side. We're on the winning team. I'm on the winning team. And Father, I get my self-confession right. I get my self-talk right. I'm on the winning team. Not because Pastor Stewart said it, but because I agree with it. I say it about myself. I'm on the winning team. I'm excited being part of Freshwater Church, a winning, a winning group of people where their faith will save them. Lord, we thank you for that. In the name of Jesus.
We thank you for that spiritual faith. It's deep and rich and true and strong. Able to rescue us from our own folly or the folly that surrounds us. Help us, we pray. Help us, we pray. Thank you, Lord.